Hey there, welcome to the Incremental Revival Podcast, where our goal is to help you, the church members of Grace Church of Rancho Cucamonga, better understand the what and the why behind everything we do as a church. Also, the Lord might use our ordinary acts of faithfulness for his glory. For revival. Hmm, yeah. Eric, we are sitting here on a Monday, Monday, May 15th to be exact, and on Sunday, May 14th, you preached a great sermon on Ephesians 3, 1 to 6. Yeah. You highlighted three things. Yeah. There are three things that you kind of put, that you took, that you that are observations, points of the passage that you put kind of and rephrased as if it was from Paul's perspective. Yeah. Convictions Here, that he had that yep. drove his ministry. That's right. Made him willing to suffer the way he did in prison. Here's, here's what they were, just in case you forgot. Okay. All I've been given is to be a blessing for others. Yep. Okay, all the grace that God has bestowed upon he, him he, in salvation and maybe just other things in his life as well, circumstances. Yeah, Paul talked about it as a stewardship, mm-hmm. a stewardship God gave him for the sake of the Gentiles. Number two, all that I am doing is part of something glorious. Yeah, he saw his ministry as being a part of the unveiling of this mystery. Uh, which was that God had in eternity past chosen that his people be comprised of Mm -hmm. Jews and Gentiles. So all nations equally fellow heirs, um, same body and partakers of the promise of Jesus Christ. That's verse six. So yeah. Talking about the church as, as that glorious, that's something glorious, right? Yeah. So he's, he's involved in the, and the church is something far more significant and magnificent than we realize. Here was a great quote. Don't stoop to be a king. If you've been called to serve the church, mm. that's what you said. That's that's probably a Spurgeon. Probably, uh, like stole that. It's just kind of embedded in you a little bit. I I couldn't tell you the Spurgeon quote, but I'm pretty sure he said something okay. like that. Point number three was, my role is to bring different people together through the gospel. Yeah, Paul was understanding that that was the mystery he'd been called to reveal. Mm-hmm. So he was very aggressive in working to unite the church, which was comprised of Jews and Gentiles um, together in in the gospel. So that's why we looked at that Galatians passage where he was aggressively against both false gospel teaching, but also against false gospel living Mm -hmm. where there's disunity because people are different from us. All of it kind of centered around the gospel, God's grace in the gospel given to Paul, then to others, thinking about bringing the gospel to others, primarily through evangelism, the vehicle of the church even, um, that glorious institution. Um, We thought that it would be a great idea today to do a just quick podcast on five recommended books on missions. Yeah, that's interesting that you went to that because I was, I was kind of thinking of missions when I thought about it, but other than this introduction story, did I mention missions that much? You didn't, but I think it's a clear implication. I think so too. That if we understand what Paul says, that everything we're given is to bless others, that we're building up in a part of this glorious institution, and that we're trying to unite people around Christ, who are different from who us. Who are different from us. Gentiles, now, non-Jews, right, all nations. Which is your neighbor who lives next door, but it's also people across the globe. 
It's like when we think about that and we get outside of our temp, like temporal and within a mile of me mindset, automatically we got to think there's people across the world that need to know the gospel. Yeah, and we want to need is urgent further because that. they've never they've never heard the name of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So I just felt like from I think it preaching, is a good mission stuff. I felt like you kind of were saying that without saying it. Yeah. a lot yesterday. So yeah. I thought if you want to think towards that and we pray the Lord uses sermons like that to spark a fire under people to spread the gospel and maybe even to go be missionaries. Like you mentioned that at one point. That's um, true, I did. And, and to sacrifice, even though like your quote from David Livingston was, I made no sacrifice because look what I'm doing. I'm doing God's work. Yeah. Uh, we just thought, hey, some books on missions to help you kind of put yesterday's sermon a little bit in that context and to inspire you to think biblically about missions and to be inspired to be in part, uh, a part of missions work, whether you're here or you go somewhere. We've been trying to cultivate a care for the nations, I think, in different ways since we've been here. That's why we, every single Sunday, pray for a different country of the world. That's right. We think for, every for single now. Christian should have a global heart like God does. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't mean everyone goes, but everyone should be sending. Everyone should be actively engaged with the mission of the church, which is to all nations. So praying for missionaries, praying for countries, praying for mission organizations, um, connecting with the missionaries we support. Yep. That's all part of it. And so if you wanted to round out your understanding and, and have a fire put under you for missions itself, these books might help. Yeah. Step number one, just go in your membership directory though and look in the back and there's our missionaries. Start praying for them. Step number two. Well, here's-, here's What's the first book, Eric? A, a classic book. It's so classic that I didn't recognize it underneath other books because your cover is much older. I have than a second edition, and you're saying my second your, edition is old. Your cover is older than the cover of the copy that I got probably back in 2012 or 2013. Well, it's a testament to how good the book is that it keeps getting new <laughs> it editions. Is, it is. What is um, it? Al Albert Moeller on the back calls this book, he says, it's the most important book on missions for this generation. All right. But um, it's not by Al Moeller. It's not by Al Moeller. The book is by John Piper. And it's called Let the Nations Be Glad, The Supremacy of God in Missions. Let me read you the, the epic opening paragraph. Epic opening paragraph. Oh, this is where the- Perhaps the most epic this opening is where sentence. One of the best quotes on missions that's identifiable comes from. Yeah. Piper I'll never forget reading that paragraph. Piper begins by saying, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission missions exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. The and subtitle he, of the book is The Supremacy of God in Missions. Right. So our desire, like that grounds missions in its proper place. Mm -hmm. Missions is because God deserves to be praised by every nation, every person on the globe. And so missions exist because worship doesn't. Like we are on a mission because people somewhere, someplace are not worshiping mm -hmm. God and they ought to be. <laughs> so those people exist around us 
Those people exist around the world. And there are some people who can't worship a God they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so they must be told there must be a preacher. There must be ascending, you know, body. So that's the, that's the first one. Um, epic and uh, seminal work by John Piper. Um, let the nations be glad. Love it. What's our second book? This one's a bit different. I've not read this next one. Well, oh, well, no, I have. I'm, I'm going out of order. You're, <laughs> you're looking at the stack. I'm going to just pull up for the order I want. This is a good one. We may have given this out. If not, we'll yeah, give we it did. out this Sunday night. Yeah, we did. This is um, one of the Nine Marks Hardbacks Building Healthy Churches series. So this book is called Missions, How the Local Church Goes Global. Mm. Now, it might be a, uh, one that is a little more aimed at pastors who are in charge of leading the church or like those who are in charge of a missions board or something like that but this is it's a worthwhile really, read it's a it's it is it's really great but um it, it focuses on the local church mm-hmm. being focused globally um and how to do it well how to do it in a way that in, missions are truly supported missionaries yeah. are are built up yeah uh, practical like the most of the nine marks books are Actually, Hans and I both read this on our way to Uganda. Mm. So it was a very quick read. And um, There's another book you read on your way to Uganda, though. And that's in our stack also. Yeah. It's a good uh, one. This one. Have you read this? I've read pieces. I've like started it once or twice. This is by a guy named Matt Rhodes (laughs) called No Shortcut to Success. A Manifesto for Modern Missions. Um, this book, to me, is, it needs to be read widely and broadly. It needs to be digested and understood because he is critiquing so much of the modern missionary strategies. Which center around movements. Yeah, disciple-making movements, quick church planting. Now, we want to see God move, so we're yeah. not against that. Right. What he, he critiques in chapter two, uh, he has a, a chapter called Movements and Rumors of Movements. And in this chapter, he um, identifies the strategy for many missions uh, organizations, and it involves planning a church as quickly as possible, raising up leaders as quickly as possible, and leaving as quickly as possible. Now, in theory, that sounds great. The problem is, is sometimes if, if speed is the ultimate priority, you end up cutting corners on what is a church and what are really biblically qualified leaders mm. in that church. And if you, if you cut corners on really knowing what a church is, and if you don't appoint real biblical uh, and qualified leaders, you end up doing a disservice to the mission. Yeah. Um, Tim Shantier, who is serving in Papua New Guinea, who visited our church a year or so ago, said that a lot of times these missionary movements, these discipleship make or disciple making movements would would come in. They'd get you know thousands of converts or you know churches planted, and they'd be out of there in six months or a year, and what the net result of them doing that over and over again was uh, the majority of these people had come to think that they were Christians because they added Jesus to the pantheon of gods they already worshiped. Mm -hmm. 
and no one stayed long enough to really dig deep and get behind, um, you know, deep into their hearts and what they actually think and believe about these things. Or even disciple the young believers that could be present. Yeah. So the churches were created in a sense, but they disbanded as soon as, Mm. you know, things got hard. Um, Tim Shantier put it this way. He said, imagine working with a group of people who are drug addicts and alcoholics who have been abused, who have been abusers. And that is the group that you have to come up with some elders from them. That doesn't happen in six months. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's laboring for years. And so they're, they're his, the, the mission that Matt Rhodes in, in this book would endorse would be to plod faithfully, aiming to not leave until biblically qualified men there's a plurality of elders there to lead a local church. Because ultimately, missions should be not just coming from churches, but leading to the formation of churches. Yeah, so the church is healthy. You know a church is healthy when it's raising up leaders and reproducing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah. So it, they're, they're, the reason why I think this one should be read and, read and understood and appreciated is because it does. It seems to me to do a good job of getting the lay of the land for what's passing for miss, missions these days. Sure. It used to be that people would go and it'd take seven years to get your first convert, your first couple of years to learn the language. Um, and you would just recognize it's going to be your life. Like you're giving your life to this. Now with the ease of travel and the more affluent nations, we can go and do things with technology. You know, we... We don't feel the need to stay um, as other generations did. And I think missions might be the weaker for it. Mm. Yeah. That's that one. What do you got next? Book number four. Well, this one I'm going to go with um, a mission biography, missionary biography of John G. Payton. John G. Payton uh, was actually, I mentioned yesterday in the sermon, John Williams mm-hmm. and George and Ellen Gordon, yes, all of whom died as martyrs in the New Hebrides uh, in the 1800s. Um, actually, John Payton was very close to these missionaries. He he visited them on the islands where wow. they were. He was there during the same time, but on a different island. And he uh, has a great story um, of going there and facing opposition and burying his wife and burying his Mm. child and being threatened to be, you know, by these cannibals and laboring to preach the gospel. And eventually he, he sees the Lord just do astounding work. And I just love a good missionary biography. Um, If you want to get a passion for missions, read, read this one, read William Carey, read David Brainerd, um, David Brainerd's uh, journal. Diary mm-hmm. of David Brainerd. Um, those are great. Love it. Last book. Book number five. Not missions oriented, really, but just. But definitely oriented on the sermon from yesterday. Yeah. And know. I could we say will lead you to live faithfully and steward what the Lord has bestowed upon you well. Yeah. Um. We started with John Piper. Another John Piper. We're going to end with John Piper. 
he wrote uh, a while back, looks like here, the copyright says 2003, um, this book, Don't Waste Your Life. This book was a, huge for me, huge. Got it as a senior in high school. Uh, I think I finally read it while I was in college. And uh, man, yeah, just so good. This is the kind of book that I remember finishing and putting it down and going, what am I going to do? I, I can't waste my life. How am I going to live for the Lord? Um, just fired up, ready mm -hmm. to lay my life down for the gospel. And uh, so he comes at it from a, it's not a guilt uh, driven approach. Like, come on, you know, give your right. life away for Christ or you're sinning kind of thing. Don't be a loser. Don't be a loser. But to point out that this is the greatest thing that we could live for. There is no greater joy and privilege than to give our lives entirely to the service of Christ that uh, he is very big on. And this is explained in the book, but God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. That's a great one sentence summary mm -hmm. of, you know, so much of John Piper's ministry, but our, our goal is to be satisfied in God, it just be delighting in him and to find pleasure in who he is. And that itself brings glory to God. And it also, when we are, when we are just satisfied in him and he is a delight to us, he then also, we want to experience him fully and know him more closely and walk with him more faithfully which then motivates self-sacrificing, risk-taking obedience. So the, um, you know, if we're so satisfied in Christ, then we're not living for this world, we're living for him. And therefore we are willing to give up the pleasures of this world for the greater pleasure of pleasing our Lord. Mm. So yeah, that, that concept is right there at the heart of don't waste your life. And it's a concept we would all uh, benefit to understand. Love it. Love it. Don't waste your life. John G. Patton missionary biography. No shortcut to success. Missions. Nine Marks Little Booklet. And Let the Nations Be Glad. I don't even think I said who wrote Missions. Missions is by Andy Johnson. By Andy Johnson. And the John G. Patton one I'm referencing is by Paul Schleilein. What a name. Yep. With that, we'll see you next time.